What is up? It is a village idiot. Just me. Not the podcast, just a regular village idiot. Just kidding. Anyways, yeah, we're back. We got Jeff on the other side. Yeah, three weeks in a row. We are doing some consistent things. <laughs> so, yeah, I figure as long as we can keep staying on track, pumping them out, we're, we're good to go. What do you think, Jeff? How you been? I mean, we we don't really have a plan tonight. We no. don't really have a lot of <laughs> talking points. And I'm drinking Red Bull to stay up, and it's 8, 8.30 on a Friday. <laughs> I mean, it's a Friday night. We're pretty much losers, but... I think we can operate that way because we're winners. We're okay with it being <laughs> eight o'clock on a Friday night. We've been trying to do this since Wednesday. <laughs> we're okay with it being eight o'clock on Friday night and this being the best thing we got going. So yeah, I, I think we've won in life. If you ask me, Jeff, man, it is rough. I was talking to a buddy back home and he does the same job that I do. And he's just like, I drink a lot. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I gotta say, um, you know, I'm boozing it way too hard, but he's like, it is a stressful job. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I just, we wake up about four, four thirty, about three days a week. And maybe about six, probably two more days, and then seven, seven, seven thirty, two days a week, maybe. And I am just always crashing early. And I used to not, you know, bat an eye at staying up until four in the morning. It's not the work, man. It's the kids. That's that's it how it goes tough. down. But trust it. Dude, I, I had a rough one this past week, too. I had to, and I know we talked about it, flight and travel and all that jazz, but I had to fly down to Orlando, Florida, and which is already the most miserable airport on the planet. Um, but either way, I, I get down there, I, I, I connect going to Charlotte, going down there, everything's smooth on the way down. No flights missed, yada, yada, yada. On the way back, and see, when I travel, I'm the kind of guy, if I'm, I'm flying, I like to get there like in the morning. Like I, I'm an old school dude, you know, you two and a half hours early for every flight. That's the way you do it. Especially, well, I grew up in Atlanta too. So, I mean, that's just kind of what you do. Um, you don't need to do that in Nashville, by the way, folks. You get there like 20 minutes early, you're good. But Orlando is one of those places where you need to get there pretty early. So I get to Orlando. I'm not flying out till 5.48 p.m. I'm coming back to Nashville, and there's no direct flights on anything but Southwest coming back to Nashville, which I, I try to avoid it. I, I don't mind flying it, but if I, need, if, if I don't have to, I don't have to. But so I, I get through security, do all that stuff. I, I, I invested in the Clear app. If you're, if you're traveling through the airports, do the clear app. It's the way to go. I think it's better in TSA or the pre-check TSA, whatever. Um, they just walk you to the front of the line. It's kind of boss. 
But so I get to my side of the airport in Orlando. I sit down at a Ruby Tuesdays. It's the only place that has the booze on that side of the airport. It, the rest is like a food court with a Wendy's and a Qdoba. But, you know, you're getting on the plane. You got to have a little booze if you're getting on a plane. At least I do. <laughs> Just because I still overthink the mechanics booze. of planes and such. You got to have booze and quaaludes to get <laughs> on a plane these days. But no, it, it was very much like that. So, you know, go through security. We're, we're doing all that. We're, we're back. We're eating. I get up to go to my flight. I notice my backpack is extremely light. I'm like, well, shit, my laptop was in there. And now it is still in the bucket at security. Because mm. the most stressful thing in the world to me is going through TSA lines. Even if you get through it quick, whatever. It's like, you're going to forget something. You're basically everything you prepared to do to go to the airport. You're just trying it again because you got to strip down. Like the, the only thing you're just redoing the whole thing and you got to do it quickly because usually people are on your ass in the TSA. Yeah, you, and you don't want to be, you want to be polite and keep the line moving. Yeah. Cause you're especially like, especially in like Florida. Because apparently they fight in the airport down there. Right. So. Yeah, I'm always I'm always hopping on one foot, mm-hmm. putting my belt on. Yeah, like, I'm always like, man, how is everybody else ready? Like just walking out of this, like you know, in one piece. Because I'm all over the place, but I've never left my laptop. Dude, I, I left mine, so I go back and I get the first guy. Like they got the towers. I grab him. He goes to Lost and Found. It's not there. They have taken it the airport lost it found. And at this point, my flight's boarding at 5.13. It's like 5 o'clock. And I'm like, well, I, I got a decision to make. And I had just mm-hmm. invested in the Clear app. And I'm like, I got to get go back through security. Let's see how this works. So I'm like, well, I'd rather miss my flight than lose my laptop at this point. So <laughs> let's. I run down to lost and found. They don't have it. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, I go back, hit the clear app. Dude, I'm through there in 15 seconds. And I go to another tower. Yeah, because you don't have your laptop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go to another tower. Guy goes and checks down a different rail. He finds my laptop. He's a hero. So I'm like, finally, get back to the plane. And I have a connecting flight in Miami that takes four, it's 40 minutes between flights whatever and then um so we're on the plane orlando to miami not a long flight right it's like 40 minutes of a flight up and then down well that's what the the pilot says up down we'll we'll be there in no time weather's fine we get up about an hour and a half passes we never hear anything from the pilot. He never mm-hmm. says a word. People are checking. Like they, it was supposed to be so short. They canceled the drink service, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. And everybody's just kind of sitting around looking at each other. <laughs> and the pilot's like, not yeah. saying a word. Is Payne, is Payne Stewart flying the plane right now? Yeah. We're all sitting. We're like, hey, man. <laughs> like, so fine. I, I hit the damn bell. And I'm like, hey, I have like a 40-minute layover. Like, I got to be fast in Miami. 
And, uh, put this put this bird down. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, well, I think we're delayed, but pilot's not really saying too much. And I'm like, well, that's not very comforting and whatever. But finally, dude comes up. He's like, yeah, we're delayed. So the 40 minute flight ends up taking like an hour and 20 minutes. Hour Wait, but delayed, minutes. delayed. Like in the Land, air. What? Okay, yeah. Like, like they rerouted us over the Bahamas pattern, and all this. Landing pattern, yeah. Yeah, thank God the dude get got some extra gas or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we get down in Miami, and mind you, it's a, I missed my flight, which was 7.40 to be home at like 9 p.m. or something back in Nashville because time zones or whatever. So I missed that flight. They get me on the last flight out of Miami. And, and I would have missed that flight anyway, because when I landed in D1, the Miami airport terminal ends at D55, and that's where the Nashville to Miami was anyway, so there's no chance I was making that 40-minute anyway, so end up, I get home at like 2.30 a.m. It's just absolutely miserable. It's, oh, man. Never going through Miami again. I could have literally left Orlando and drove and just drove back to Nashville. That's a terrible drive, but it's always frustrating when you see I grew I lived in Chicago for the first 37 years of my life, whatever it was. And very few, you know, you're at Atlanta is but it isn't it's the business airport whatever but because of the connecting flights mm-hmm. but chicago was a hub for you know most most flights originate you know like i didn't have a lot of layovers if yeah. i did it was it was because they made you because it was like you know u.s air made you go to charlotte first before you went to myrtle beach or That's something what they do stupid. Out of nashville That's what American right. does. Right, but there wasn't a lot. I didn't deal with that a lot. But the one of the most frustrating things in flying is going, is having a layover away from, like flying away from your destination, like flying away from yeah. home. So going like from Orlando, from yeah. Orlando to Miami, and going, shit, I hate fucking. Do I have to stay up another forty-five minutes in the air on top of the forty-five minutes that I just took on this this airplane? But I used to love the little people would get freaked out about the puddle jumpers, but the, we'd always take them to Myrtle Beach. And uh, there was a few places I used to go a lot and fly to that we would I would have a, a 45 minute puddle jumper connection. And I used to love those things because it'd be up and then be right down. Mm-hmm. And it was like it just never I don't think they ever something like what you experienced they're not going to throw you in a, in a holding pattern because that thing doesn't have enough jet fuel to Dude, you know it's crazy and especially when dude's not saying anything it's like yeah. hey man people are starting to notice <laughs> like, hey, like, denzel, hey denzel wake up we're starting wake to talk up, sully <laughs> like having an honor quit not enough denzel <laughs> yeah. get, in, get in an upper hey um easy transition matt Nagy gone we're happy right ryan pace gone we're no. happy right nope. no because it wasn't i'm not happy it's not good enough mccaskey sell the fucking team 
<laughs> it's it's just uh, there was some good uh it was rick morris you were telling their sun times article i read that was just like you need to give up here like i'm really like want to write just for my own like that i can frame to myself with with the cheese sauce or like a au jus stain or something straight out of you know saturday night live where they write the letter to you know after they fired didka or whatever Mm -hmm. super fans because it's just so so demoralized and deflating everything starts with a d but it doesn't start you know dub errors is not part of it it's just all negative and it, the the articles were basically just like one was to virginia you know telling her to step down and the other one was that Bears fans should boycott basically and that they should give up because they don't deserve our attention. And it's like, well, it's already happening. And it's so sad to me that I never would have thought that it would have gotten to this point where it, the product was so soured to me that I would think about doing something else on a Sunday, but I do, yeah, I do think about it because it's really bad yeah. and it's, and it's not, it's just another cycle. And then the the bumbling by McCaskey through it. And it was like, I tell people that I was excited. You know, I met him one time at the draft and with Goodell. And I, I wasn't super impressed, but I had a buddy that, you know, we were at Urban A, we were at the, at the uh, training camp. He took his kid, his kid was young, kid loved football. They were walking, it was hot August day. And, in Chicago, you know, south of Chicago, it's 100 degrees, 100% humidity, and they were walking way back to their car, and George McCaskey pulls up in a um, golf cart and says, hey, guys, where are you going? Hey, we're going to our car. Hop in, I'll give you a lift. And they, he recognizes them, makes small talk with him, my buddy, tells his son, you know, this is the owner of the Bears, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He had just been promoted, tells him, thank you, you know, how how much it means that you know the generations are being passed along and blah 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 whatever but it was it was one of those stories where you're like all right i'm gonna give him a chance but we've given him 20 whatever years and some of the stats were terrible he had the bears have six playoff wins since 1985 the bears have what was it four winning seasons since mccaskey took over I don't know. There were some just terrible stats. I should have wrote them down, but it was a great article and it, it doesn't, it's close. I, I give it one more cycle, but I just wanted it to be blown up in the Ted Phillips thing. And then they say, Oh, you know, we're going to either going to report to me, but I don't know anything. I'm a fan, but then now they're, they're reporting directly to him and they're like, who's the board you know, said, hey, we're gonna, we want you to stay on as president or or chairman of the board. I mean, that's his title. And then you look at the board members and it's like five McCaskies and then two minority owners of the Bears. And it's like, well, of course they're gonna tell them <laughs> to stay yeah. on. It's but it's so, it's just brutal, man. Cause it's just a self-defeating prophecy and it shouldn't be that way. But it's such a, such 
it's so hard to believe that the well-oiled machine and with all the parody and with all the things that they do in NFL and with all the money that they could run a team into the ground, but they really do. You know, it's, it's one oh, it's step a, forward, two steps yeah, back. It's an absolute shame. I mean, and the fact of the matter is like, it's not like it, it's a desirable place for a coach to be anymore. So, so, I mean, really, where do you go from here? You're, you're basically going to have to find lightning, in a, lightning in a bottle. If you ask me, and it might be, uh, who, who knows who ends up there, man. And some of the names you're already seeing, it's just like, golly, that's tough. Oh, it's bizarre and too. It, like <laughs> the Bill Polian thing, you know, Bill Polian thing. Great. I love Bill Polian, but he is, an old man now and he's 79 yeah what are like, we doing like and he has no case, really course he was last time and that didn't work yeah. out and this and is just no investment really like he doesn't really care he's kind of collected a paycheck like nah, i don't know if it's that it's just i don't know if he really has a touch he seven years ago i would have said i would have taken bill Pullman over ernie corsi the, the former Giants, the Belichick, Parcells, the architect of the, the Phil Simms, Lawrence yeah, Well, Taylor, the game is just so much but different, it, though. It's man. so much different. But I love Bill Polian. Like, I love – I've listened to him talk, and I loved him on NFL Network. I, love, I used to listen to him on Sirius Satellite Radio. But he's seven years older than he was in 2015 when they brought in – when I thought that they should have hired him instead of a Corsi, and they did. And, and then now it's like you're doing it again. And it's like, well, what the hell? Like, you just don't like. They just have to sell the team, and I think that maybe they are. That like this, they have to buy the property. Like, Virginia's ninety nine. Betty White was ninety nine. Like, how many more years is Virginia gonna live? You thought Virginia lived forever. You thought Betty White would live forever. Like, she's ninety nine. I'm pretty sure they can't keep the team, but I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the long game is, but it it really just feels mainly like what it felt like when it was when she fired her son her other son you know she fired um she fired mike mccaskey when he hired nashville you know radio personality dave mcginnis said that he hired him as the coach of the bears or whatever and he never agreed to a contract so then he walked away on principle and she's like you're fired and it feels like she's going to fire him before probably maybe even the off season's over, I think. Because it was just brutal. He, the segues that he was talking about, we have better segues. He was talking about <laughs> Jeff Dickerson's son dying, and then he was talking about Matt Nagy's son getting made fun of at the football game. And I was like, what? Like, that's... It was just brutal. Was yeah, just I, I thought he talked a lot about stuff that might not have even needed to be said. Should we I, talked about it. Now? Yeah, I tend to side on more of a, a weird for me to say, but more of a when it's a press conference, like the, from an official team press press conference, you kind of leave the um, the the tabloid talk and all that bullshit to to be what that is and let's not even let it in the house you know even if everybody kind of knows what's going on it's one of the 
to me, how baseball and all every, you know, sports have unspoken things and mm-hmm. there's just stuff you don't talk about, <laughs> you know, because it doesn't need to be talked about. Everybody knows. Like, like I don't know, but he's setting up like Dark Alley. I would not want to have a drunk or pissed off Olin Kreutz. You know, dude, he was on Redline Radio this past no, no, week with us. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't listen to it. Yet. He was intense. <laughs> he's, he's going to. There will be. He was intense. He was like, "I'm not backing down." You know, he gets all Hawaiian and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not backing down, bro. <laughs> you know, like, and it's like I think well, he's I got, doesn't he get doesn't his eye go lazy when he gets mad too? I think it does. Uh, probably. He's there's mm-hmm. no way he's not related to the Rock. Like, yeah. that's who should buy the team from the McCaskies, is The Rock. Because that'd be sick. <laughs> Dude, I could go for would another you, season. I, I would, would love another season of Ballers. The, would you rather have Bezos or The Rock? No, The Rock, absolutely. Exactly. I the, Granted, his finances are way less than Bezos, but I'm taking The Rock. I feel like he can reach Bezos level finance. Can you imagine <laughs> when there's like a TV timeout if you're in the crowd and Dude. the rock, like you know how they would do like in um you know hockey games or something, or even basketball games. So they'll sick. do like a little they'll do like a little challenge where they they grab somebody from the audience and then they have to is it the the stupid shell game on the jumbotron or something be like is it one two or three or whatever and they'll be like one they're like oh you lost the tv or whatever but can you imagine instead you just the rock just has a microphone at all times and it's just like he just does his little sticks and then killer dude i mean you know that they would like lead the league in like punt box kick returns like if like that's one thing in the NFL stadium. it's <laughs> it's hard to describe like an nfl stadium the best experience live is hockey because you get a lot of the feel the motions of speed and you can mm-hmm. see what's the going sounds. on you can't see it yeah the sounds and you can't see things that go on behind the play and whatever and blah blah, blah line changes everything but the worst sport to watch live is baseball unless you're there for the nostalgia or you're just going to have hey. a good time it's terrible but nfl football hey. there's <laughs> certain things that you don't get when you're not when you're watching on tv one of the things especially when i had season tickets through devin hester's first 10 years in the league was kick returns punt returns like they'll try and pump up the crowd and get people like fired up for fourth down plays third down plays third and long plays like the bears used to like you could feed off of the energy that you would get and it was a little bit cheesy sometimes but and now like there's like air horns or whatever like the air right raid sirens I'm like, what the hell is that turn that shit off however it's trying to be like the horn in Minnesota or the thump, 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 go pack go or whatever, you know, like they're trying to do that, I guess, in Chicago. But I'm like, man, I used to get people going and it was a, like it was electric. 
for a good run because that team was so built on defense and special teams and it was built on third and long turnovers and it was built on Devin Hester punt returns and kick returns and you know craziness it was that is a cool vibe to have and like if you told me that the rock was going to get on probably four times a game five times a game on the mic and just ad lib some wwf you know pep talk i'm in i'm in because that would be great i can't imagine and he would just go back and forth with different songs and all kinds (laughs) of stuff it would be so sick there's no way the rock and Owen Cruz aren't boys either. <clears throat> I bet Olin Cruz would have been in the new fest and the furious with the rock if the rock hadn't turned it down because he utterly despises Vin Diesel and they will not be in the same room. Did you know uh, that? No, and I don't care. Why the, not? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's so dumb. I don't think I've watched 12 minutes of the Penny Fest and the Furious. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The Fast and the Furious is amazing. Are you kidding me? Paul Walker? I think I killed enough brain cells watching you know, maybe not the terrible right word movies after that. Over and over and over again. <laughs> but yeah, there's... No, I'm just saying that type of, that type of movie... This is, a, once again, the, the, the age difference between me and you. There's a little bit of a of a generational gap. It's a, this is a half a half a generation gap between us probably <laughs> because because I just you don't understand how cool Paul Walker was. I know it's like the top I gun. I know it's like the top gun of your of like the gen, of that generation. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? Like it's something similar to that. I took a free diving ever... for like a summer because of Paul Walker after the movie Into the Blue. Into the Blue. Yeah, yeah it was okay. terrible, but I love that movie. Because of Paul Walker. I generally look at Paul Walker's uh, movie career as if... Much, I think I love that because of Jessica Alba's suit. <laughs> because somewhere. of... Well, Brian O'Connor, or, well, Brian A. Spillner, but Brian O'Connor, Fast and the Furious, that's his name. I think he's that character in every single movie he's in. He's just because originally he's an undercover cop. Brian O'Connor, Connor's undercover, so I just think he's undercover in every movie. Like in the movie Eight Below, mm-hmm. where he was mm-hmm. a sled dog racer. Like there's probably some crazy shit going on in the sled dog rings, where maybe some dog fighting or some illegal gambling, and Brian O'Connor came up there to break that up. Like that's that's the way I see his arc. <laughs> Did you have an imaginary friend as a <laughs> young as a youth? No, no, <laughs> could never rope them in. Could never <laughs> rope them in. They were. They couldn't tried, follow. That tried to. They could never follow what I was going. Couldn't stay on your level. Yeah, they could never follow me. So, but anyways, that's uh, that's always how I've thought about Brian O'Connor. So wasn't planning on talking about that tonight. <laughs> See where the rock takes you? Yeah, man. Dude, the rock says. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just I really think that there's I, I keep doing things in my head and it's like the Jets, the Browns, the Jags, the Lions, the Raiders, and the Bears are the most 
poorly run franchises of the last quarter of a century at least yes but i I would would dare say the i'm a bear we might be at the bottom of that because of resources and just like just at the bottom of it soldier field stinks like everything about it it stinks like at least soldier field looks good on camera soldier field's a Dumb. At least the, literally like, the Browns went got Baker Mayfield. Like, uh, and I don't think Baker Mayfield's good, but at least they made like when they drafted him, like that was a move to go get him. Like, you can say what you want about the Browns, they make splashes <laughs> here as of late. You know, what are we doing? The Jaguars went got Herb, you know? Yeah, it's. It's the status quo is just hasn't, it's not working. And it's not, it doesn't, it, it just feels people were celebrating it, you know, like, oh yeah, it's a great day. Why? Because, because you just, they just wasted five years of your adult life (laughs) every Sunday for four hours. No, it's not a great, this isn't a great day. Michael Scott, maybe this would be a great, it would have been a great day if they announced that they had sold the team or that everyone was fired again. And I will never give my, I will refrain from any more nepotism and I'm hiring someone to run the pre, the, the football team that is not involved in the family and that's the number one thing that pisses me off and they've got this guy like he's got some dish on him like ted phillips dude the banker dude like it should be it's like he's like the consigliere but he's a terrible consigliere like he should have been off like by freaking three freaking sequels ago you know like that dude does not survive you know a car ride <laughs> to Jersey. <laughs> that dude is not, he's not surviving a car ride to Gary. Uh, that dude is not coming back. He's swimming with the fishes and Gary, dude. That dude sucks. Him get cocky now, too. Oh, man. But yeah, yeah it's just a clean house up there. Let Kanye buy the team with the rock and Bezos ownership group. Maybe throw Antonio Brown in there and who who else did you see that did you see that video which one you, there's no way you saw it it was like madonna kanye west antonio brown and somebody else was in it and they're just dancing on a couch and it was the weirdest thing ever <laughs> it's just super weird and antonio brown just sitting there being weird I hope it was with the NFL. <laughs> I hope it was like some sort of charity. I hope they were raising money for charity. It was that, so somebody strange. would have somebody would have paid money just to see that. It was so strange. It's almost as strange as raising uh, money for mental health yeah, awareness. It's almost as strange as Kanye West buying the house across the street from Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I know. I, it's not something I plan on talking about either. But he. Um, <laughs> I read that he that he took the girl on a date and then he brought her shopping or something but then he brought her on her second date to the same restaurant in LA that she, that they went to in New York and sounds like, like he just owns that restaurant I know I was like well, 
So that sounds like, but I mean, that is Chicago talk. You're talking Kanye, Kanye Tudda through the wire. <laughs> Dude, that's so great. Kanye is a great talent, a great producer. Whack job. And he is a great <laughs> lyricist, but he is a total and utter, it is, talk about the whack job Hall of Fames, and it's Antonio Brown, it's Kanye, it's a Brandon Marshall, it's, you know. But Brandon Madonna. Marshall, it's okay, because he Dennis, says he's bipolar. <laughs> Dennis Rodman, you know, like, you can throw all these people in there, but just total, not even enigma, it's just whack jobs, like you said. Yeah, no, I, I, and they're all excellent at what they do and all that jazz. Geniuses. Genius. <laughs> right? So basically, I think there's like a financial like thing you hit where it goes from you're a psychopath to you're, you're a genius. You know? <laughs> like, there's got to be. Remember that time that Kanye Let's get weird. lived in Mercedes-Benz yeah, Stadium? Of course. It was like last year. Yeah. It was during that's, COVID. That's weird. <laughs> you just i went to a con- i shouldn't admit this but i went to a kanye west concert it's sick it was awful because they're like i went to but it wasn't like it was like kanye i'm trying to think which era it was but it was like god it was at the uic uh pavilion or whatever like we're on the uic campus where the you know the basketball team plays or whatever and they Maybe five thousand seat stadium, and we had pretty good seats. I don't know what the hell we were doing. To, I think an ex girlfriend bought tickets or something, but it was me and my buddy and our girlfriends. And I was like, "What am I doing here?" But it was like, it three years before that, I would have been like, "Yeah, let's do this." And then I was like, "Man, this is like sellout, Kanye." And it was it made me feel like when I went to the GNR concert, like when Axl Rose could barely like put a sentence together. And like forgot Speaking the lyrics. Like it was just like I left. I left that concert. I think I might have left the Kanye concert. I don't know because it was just awful. But I've seen some great rap concerts. They're really short though, and <laughs> because they usually do like a medley, and you know, go from one song to another. But I saw Chaos One and somebody else. Nice. I saw some good. Oh, I saw Jurassic Five. I've seen some cool. Now the age difference is coming out. Yeah. But um Bismarcky. Um, no, I didn't see Bismarcky. <laughs> Bismarcky, I was in like fourth grade when that came out. <laughs> oh baby, you <laughs> you got what I need. Yeah, that was like Funk Master Flex or something. Like that was like you know, run DMC. Like they were like, I was a pretty I was like five when rap started, but still there's but you know. I don't, I don't necessarily think that Kanye is ever going to bring it back, reel it in. I think he's, I think he's lost him. He's, he's stretched very, out. He's very, I think he's very <laughs> Antonio Brown, where you're like, I don't, I don't think we're Antonio Brown's in. just walking around the streets dressed <laughs> like Wesley Snipes, a demolition man, like it's absolutely normal, <laughs> and it's just weird. Looks like a bad guy from the Mario Brothers live-action film. I don't know if you remember that Mario one. Brothers live. It was oh sick. John Leguizamo played Luigi. 
<laughs> it was so I would have thought, dude. okay, who played Mario? Like Joe Pesci? No, some. It was definitely an Italian fellow, but it wasn't any that you heard of. <laughs> Leguizamo just came off the pest. So, <laughs> so, I mean, he was right in there. But, hey, one thing, it's probably the last thing we'll talk about, but we got to talk about it. Alabama lost. And those those damn rednecks down in Georgia, <laughs> they, they got them a title. They deserved yeah. it, though, man. The Braves won this year. They deserved it. Hey, it was <laughs> – that team is the biggest underachiever in – As far as I'm concerned, the University of Georgia should have about 15 national titles. <laughs> I was thinking – I was trying to do in my head what would I guess, but I three to five, and they have two. I think you're right there. So three to five is probably the wheelhouse. Mark Rick should have guaranteed like half two. Mark Rick's head of some teams. Yeah, the, the Pollock so. team and the whatever the no Sean Moreno, AJ mm-hmm. Green, Green team. That those teams should have never lost any game, never won by less than fifty. They were so good. How about how about your boy JT Daniels. I mean, if we went back to last year, you you were pretty hard on him, and he he had a little clutch gene in him. Whatever, that, dude. He had the college clutch gene. I don't think it's going to translate, but he had the Vince Young. He had the AJ McCarron. Well, it ain't going to translate. The, the, <laughs> the he had the college clutch gene though. I mean, it's still impressive. I still love a good college clutch gene. Yeah, quarterback. I mean... It was just tough to watch. And, you know, once J-Mo I felt, went down. I fell, I fell asleep in the third quarter for about 10 Yeah, minutes. I was in my Game hotel time. down in Orlando watching. And once J-Mo went down, I felt like – like, before <laughs> he went down, I felt like we were just marching on him. Like, it was it was kind of kind of routine there. But, um, oh, did I say that I had another guy to add to the Alabama – coaching list last time i don't recall you said Dion. yes that i i, I wanted to reiterate that i didn't re- recall if i said that but yes back to that yeah i think Dion could possibly coach alabama crimson Tide. anyways yeah and once jamo went down it was kind of all downhill and you know what's so what does this happens. mean two two l's to former assistants and one in one calendar year is Saban <laughs> is, is he done? I think he's definitely got one more in him, but I think he gets another title. I think whatever this last freshman class is gets a title. And that's what it is. Cause you know that's the thing about you go to Alabama. If you go to Alabama and you stay within they say within a four year range, like the math, you get a title. Every four years, there's a title. Yes, since so, 2007. Yeah, not, well, that's not in the history. Not that's the history what matters. Right? Well, yeah, kind of 19. We well, we missed out on 19 this year. We would have 19, 19, but like four to seven of them are make believe. Like, well, that's what four, says a guy where, who. Where is the participation if they were trophy? Make, if they were make believe, why didn't anybody else think of it? 
I don't know, but what? You see, the, that's all I'm Notre saying. Dame, Notre Dame has <laughs> 11 national championships, and they haven't had one since 88. So That's all I'm saying. If they were so make-believe, why didn't anybody you got, else think? You got eight, you got seven or eight national championships and since, like, 92. What was 92? Gene Stallings. Yeah, and then and then there was, was no that the, the, was the, that the gap was there a fifteen there's year gap like a, in the yes that was the that was the probationary we had some probation in there we had we're dealing with some legal troubles block was hot so we had to lay low for a few years came back strong you know now I, I think Nick's kind of like had, a la Kentucky in basketball Kentucky in basketball had the had deal. the lean. Had the lean years where they were <laughs> they were they were on the watchdog list. I think they, they all kind of have them. I think those are the years where everybody says, you know, though well, they, yeah, we were down those years. Well, yeah, that's the years you chose to stay down. You know, you got to. That's how the scumbag coaches gotta lay get low. through it. Yeah, <laughs> got to lay, lay low for sometimes, a while. Sometimes you move you, to, Sometimes you got to move to Mexico for five sometimes years. Sometimes UCLA hires Ben Howland. <laughs> hey ben, know, Holland, ben Holland under has Davis. had excellent years but different and some style talent. of NBA, coach and some NBA talent different style of coach than one Steve Lavin or <laughs> you know like, you know a slick back hair guy you know we'll see what Duke does next year you know after after um the Pope's gone or whatever they're calling him over there um I tell you what, I was watching the first half of this while I just glancing over while we're doing this, and old uh, old Kofi from the Illini, who who looks like he could be about twenty seven, easy. <laughs> I mean, he is pretty much a man child, and if you gave him a couple of mic and drills and sent him to the Pete Newell big man camp. I think we got ourselves, if he did a couple, learned a couple of Jack Sigma post moves, we might be in some, for some real business in the NBA because that dude's shoulders and the way that he kind of, you know, his coordination is pretty, pretty good. He can't shoot free throws like Shaq Fu, but he can run the court too. Like he's got a he's got some game. Whereas I don't know. I think that he translates to he translates to new NBA decently well because mm-hmm. he moves so well. But I I don't big I don't even know how to grade big men in, anymore. So yeah, it was. The thing that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, what is Kevin Durant doesn't make sense to me. It like it's just it's foreign. Kevin so. Durant reminds me of the like some sort of alien from I don't know what movie it is movie it is, but where you feel like his legs could snap into something where he kind <laughs> of springs around and are they just snap and grow into like 15 more mm-hmm. powerful legs i don't know yeah he just doesn't maybe that's why they call him the durantula that was yeah. like one of his original nicknames the durantula it's back when he used to go play at berry farms in maryland 
Baltimore. I mean, he's throwing out some old, <laughs> old school. I used to watch those on mixtapes, man. Yeah, your and one mixtapes. Another generational gap. <laughs> when, no, that's back when I was a big Gilbert Arenas fan. And he would go down there because he was playing for the Wiz at the time. Gilbert Arenas, dead or alive? He's alive, right? Oh, all the way alive. Incarcerated or free? Free. Great podcast. Yeah. I know. Let's do this. He played in the big three. Did he? Yeah. He was balling. Gilbert Arenas, worst, one of my all-time favorite players. He scoots. I like, as far I like, as, like, his, I describe him, he scoots. his ability, like, in his range, he's one of the first dudes with, like, just, just massive range where he would just pull up on you. And his arrogance, the whole deal. One of the originator of the new, like, low-top basketball shoe phase was Gilbert Arenas. He was the first one to do it signature. Trust me, I had him. Um, Because that was around the time where I was still playing. Um, But yeah, dude, Gilbert, he hung 63 on Kobe, rest in peace. And then he got hurt, had the microfracture. He got paid $22 million up until a year by the Magic until like two years ago. <laughs> it was like an all-time Bobby Bonilla where he. Was I know. I was just thinking Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> I just think that that would be a cool, you know, like Truman Show is just like Bobby Bonilla or like you said, Gilbert Arenas, Keith Van Horn, where you just were. They were still under contract, and there was just a camera that followed them around and said, "Let's see what, let's see what." Bobby Benia is doing on a Tuesday morning while he's getting paid. Like, yeah, just tons of money by the man. Tons of money. <laughs> and he doesn't even work for him. Like, like yeah, he doesn't even have to do an Olin. He doesn't have to do no. an Olin Cruz O line. No, it could just be like, hey, you got to go coach the offensive line. You know, they got to, you got to go to A ball or spring training and, and work with the guy. No. What, now, hey, now what I will say about Owen Cruz, when I listen to that Red Line Radio in, interview, it sounded, it did not sound like a guy who was being all the way honest. That's what George says, but. <laughs> like, it very much sounded like a guy who there were some flaws in his story. And I'm pretty sure, like, it was a long interview, and I'm pretty sure there were some just in the interview where he was just making shit up. I but believe. I, I would imagine I the truth probably somewhere in the middle. Right. I don't think that you want to mess with it just because it, he will just, just drag you. Like mm-hmm. those, those are some, it's a pretty entertaining squad. It's a uh, David Kaplan, Briggs, Owen Cruz, and it used to be Alex Brown. I don't know if it still is. I think it still is. Those are the, the post game, uh, like Comcast Sports Night in Chicago. That's who does the, the, you know, shows or whatever. But I would just think that supposedly, what is it, Pace and Harry, uh, whatever the O line coach that used to be at Notre Dame forever. But those are the only people that really know the truth of whether. Oh, I'm sure. 
but yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's probably it's probably hundred percent true. In the middle. Yeah. But if you're at this point, you don't really want to go through anything and just keep keep quiet and let him tell everybody that he was getting offered fifteen dollars an hour. And it's not far fetched. It's believable enough that people were like, "Yeah, I believe it," because the <laughs> McCaskies are that cheap. Yeah, or yeah. It's that the best far off. <laughs> the best. The best. Basically, you could write a book with just nothing but Ditka quotes. And one of the best quotes is the quote, I always, I always wonder when great philosophers, if they've taken something and tweaked it and made it their own or whatever, changed a few words up or heard it somewhere. But some of the things that came out of Mike Disco's mouth were just pure gems. And one of them was George Hallis when they asked him why everybody had his work at a bowling alley like he owned a bowling alley and people had sold insurance on the side and this is in like the 1960s like after the merger you know like in the Super Bowl era and he's like what do you mean why to you know it was very Joaquin like Joaquin Noah when asked about Cleveland you know but it was very frank like he was immediately responded like what do you what do you mean why do we have to work a second job in the summer or whatever in the off season george hallis throws around nickels like they're hubcaps and that's just always stayed with that franchise and you don't really think that you could be cheap in today's nfl and with the way that the salary cap is and everything but you can with practice facilities with you know they've shown things where yeah like you you know that that people enjoy playing for Mark Cuban, even though he's a loose cannon, but you know that he's going to put money into the plane, the, you know, he's going to put he's money gonna into the locker room. In and the, locker. Yeah, <laughs> in your locker, dude, is exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> for, the, for the NBA culture, I don't know as much for yeah. the NFL, but he's going to give you what the, he's on, in touch with what the modern athlete wants. And there is not a chance and snowball's chance in hell that the McCaskies are in touch with today's when you have a 99 year old lady that's the that's the technically the owner. I don't even know what her position is anymore. But you have the banker as your president. You have the chairman of the board who says he's a fan who says he's a fanboy. Just had an idea. You can't tell me. It wouldn't be a hilarious, like satirical cartoon about the McCaskey family. Like if somebody could get the art right and stuff and do it like like a family guy or American dad type deal. You cannot tell me that Whoa, George. <laughs> Can you imagine owning the Bears and having like a every Sunday night in Chicago on local access? Like a satirical McCaskey cartoon. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be very funny. Yeah, like it just seems like he, George McCaskey would be like a character in like the Wayne and Garth, you know, basically Wayne's World movies where they, they're just like, you know, they're they're making fun of him right in front of his face, but he doesn't know it. He's like a I mean? Mr. Magoo type. Yeah, he's like, a Mr. Magoo. Like, <laughs> like, like, 
Yeah, God, I don't know, man. It, you know, yeah. It's you're almost. We'll probably leave on this one. You're almost happy. It's a rough weekend for me, you know. You know, the Bama, the Bear, the Bears are over for the year. You're you're almost happy, but Alabama, I know, comes back next year and they're Alabama football again. Like you, you know, you're going to play for a title. Chicago, I don't see it getting any better, man. I didn't leave the year thinking Justin Fields is anything to write home about. I I don't think if I think and if, if he is if, if you he is are, they'll I ruin think you're you're grabbing for straws. If he is, they're gonna ruin him anyways. They've ruined every so other it's just another off season full of uncertainty. And now now as a fan base, there's no names to really pin the uncertainty on. So just what's yeah. on on a lighter note, who do you got this weekend? Bengals Bengals Raiders tomorrow. I like the Bengals just because Joe Burrow and I, it's almost like I feel and I feel like everybody's saying this, but it's like is Joe Burrow reintroducing himself like he did at LSU? Is he doing it in Cincinnati now? Like, hey, like, like, look at me. <laughs> Good. Little beat up though. He's he's he a little, is, but he's a little tender. I, they, I'm just they were dicking around with that game and kind of pushing getting me to put anything of any substance behind Derek Carr ever. I'm just not a Derek Carr guy. Just uh, very, just very unsexy. Not a lot of something about that sound. guy annoys the shit out of me. I don't know if it's the like the forearm <laughs> wristband that like you know. well isn't he very um Biblical by nature isn't, well, isn't that's he not a, the part that annoys me. No, okay, no, I think Bible he's. Guy. I thought he, I know, but I thought he doesn't swear and he's very, he's kind yeah, of, Phillip, but they don't say nothing Phillip about Rivers, not swearing but, in the Bible. That's no. just a myth. Oh, that um, one's gonna get me. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. I loved him in college, but I don't necessarily love him in the pros. Uh, I almost think that he might get it done uh, tomorrow, but I, I love Joe. Burrow, and he might, so and that, and that might be the thing. It might not be early enough for him to fail yet. But like, can that, to me, it's like who cares? Can Belichick <laughs> get? Can Belichick get a win? It's Belichick, so yes. I think he might actually get the win. And, it, yeah, and it's, it's, it's what a waste! What a waste of a of a, a mini cycle for the Bills fans if. Last two years, they might have as much talent as anybody, and I don't see it, them coming out of this. And then, how about the Monday night game? They're extending it Monday night, Arizona at LA. I'm going Rams because I'm picking them to win to at least make the bowl. I'm okay with that. I'd love to see Matt Stafford get something, so I'm okay with that. But then, um, Belichick, you know. If you look at it, years Alabama doesn't win, you know who does? The New England Patriots. So. There, was some talk, there was some talking heads where I was surprised. There were some people, there's some people picking them to go to the Super Bowl. Dude, Alabama, like, the, when Saban doesn't win, Belichick wins. There's that's, no way that team has enough talent. There's no way. 
All right, what about does the what old, they said about TB twelve the first? Does TB twelve somebody had a, one of the one of the local yokels? Uh, she picked in Nashville on the sports radio today. She picked the Eagles to win outright. I don't think that's happening. You like uh, Brady or the? Uh, uh, well, that's another one birds. I never. I never go against Brady. But yeah, I just I, general rule: you don't bet against Saban, Brady, Belichick. <laughs> I wouldn't. Like uh, it's it's Brady. Have we not learned our lesson? Right. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm cool with that logic. There can't be other logic at some point, or you're not a gambler anymore. All right, what about what about what about Big Ben? Big Ben, see, there's another one. Where is this a year where Big Ben just wins the Super Bowl, just to make it even more cloudy on Big Ben? Because the funny thing about Big Ben is everybody forgot he's kind of a creep. <laughs> like he just took some cool pictures <laughs> at Heinz Field last week, and everybody forgot. Hey, man, this guy's done some weird stuff, but nobody's talking about it. So, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It, it would no. seem to cement his privilege. <laughs> there, I hope for the, for the, for the NFL standpoint, for the, the good of the playoffs, I hope they lose because they just are terrible to watch. I mean, it's, it's, They're the fun worst. To watch, it's fun to watch TJ Watt get after it a little bit, but, and they have some weapons, but it is just, yeah, but I, I, the Steelers are one of those teams to me. Probably the Bears are also one of those teams where they could score 67 points a game, and I would still think they're playing boring-ass football. Yeah. Just just watching them. Like, the, the colors aren't fast. <laughs> no, they don't translate very fast. Right, what, about, what about your boy Dak? Does he uh, have a run in him? He doesn't have a run for anything of any consequence in him. Uh, I don't see Dak as a as a real winner. I think Dak is one of those second tier guys who's honestly and, and obviously a little more successful, but like a Cutler, like a guy you always are trying to put on those levels, who's just never on that level. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a, isn't this a weird Cowboys team? This is an under-the-radar Cowboys I would like team. to see this Cowboys team successful because of Trayvon Diggs. And, their, you know, their defense is really yeah, good. I enjoy it. That rem- it a, reminds me of those 90s Cowboys teams with Dion. So I enjoyed those teams. But, but Zeke doesn't do anything. They don't really they, – they do like a two-headed monster. Zeke's not getting a lot of touches. They don't have a lot of fanfare. I think this is a dangerous t- type of Dallas – Maybe Dallas actually has a run in it. I think they might have a little run in them. I think as hot as the 49ers kind of are, uh, it, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Debo Samuel, though, that guy's fun to watch. Debo does some stuff. RB slash WR Debo Samuel. He kind of <laughs> makes me feel, he gets me that kind of Cordell, the slash. Doesn't it give you kind of that? Yeah. Where you're like, 
I don't think he's got enough. I don't think he's got enough credit. He made All Pro. I saw, which also Roquan did. So Roquan didn't make the Pro Bowl, but he made All Pro, which seventeen thousand people make the Pro Bowl, but he was first team All Pro and didn't make the Pro Bowl. Didn't make it's a sense. useless system. Yes, but I like uh, I like Debo. I think Jimmy G's got to win this game though, or else he's done in San Francisco. Which I don't is think crazy a, because he's been nothing but successful. He went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> he went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. He has You're just kind of very boring. when he even when he even <laughs> when he has a lot of stats, it's not real. It's pretty boring. Um, it's just kind of boring, so nobody likes him. Nobody likes him, and I don't know. I don't know if it would have ever worked out if they would have traded for him. But the Bears did have that. Where at the end of the Cutler years, they could have probably brought him home. But it it never works when anybody comes. Derrick Rose is the closest, you know, to working out in Chicago. It never works. They we eat the eater. They're young. We've talked about it. Oh, they with, do with the man. fans. But uh, but yeah. So I I don't necessarily love the game itself, but I like the storylines. Like I don't necessarily love watching the 49ers play, but I'll watch because of the storylines and other always. I'll always watch me some Robbie Gold. Yeah, you can't <laughs> hate on that. Robbie Gold sure, made a lot of cold nights. <laughs> the, the 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 ride home from a lot of cold nights worthwhile. Where you're like three hours before a game, you're t- tailgating and it's negative twelve degrees, and you got on Carhartts and you're you know you bought seventy four dollars worth of the hand warmers and foot warmers. You got them taped on. And you're going, what the fuck am I doing on a Monday night at this game when the Bears are seven and walk 15 miles? Yeah, they're seven. The Bears are seven and seven. (laughs) Yeah, to get to the train, (laughs) you know. But but Robbie Gold won some games where you're like, well, I guess we made the best of it, and it would have been a lot longer and rougher work day the next day if not for Robbie Gold making like some of the best clutch kicks I've ever seen. In one of the worst, probably the worst stadium to kick in, worst stadium to probably in the whole NFL. I've been to probably 15 of them, and it's in the bottom five, I'm guessing. It's in the bottom five of everything. Of everything, yes. <laughs> it's like a gulag. Like it could, it's, if it's there the was rig. If, it's the, if, it's if, the freaking place where Raza Gould was. That's the yeah. place where Batman crawled out of. <laughs> It's definitely it definitely should be used like for futuristic movies where they have like prison camps or whatever. That's what Bane should have blown up instead of Heinz Field. I thought about that. I did (laughs) think about that watching that because wasn't that supposed to be set in Chicago or most of those the the like the Uh, Dark Knights and stuff? They are now for sure. They were they were filmed in there, but I'm pretty sure that they were filming the other scenes in Chicago then, and yet they were like, "But why did Bane blow up Heinz Field?" Because he could have easily blown up, you know, in real Soldier life. Field, Soldier Field. Nobody would said a word. Dude, it's terrible. It's such <laughs> a bad stadium. I'm telling you. It's a trash heap for sure. We'll see what they do with this after. You got anything else you want to touch on, dude? That's it, man. Just get right, get ready for a big snowfall. Maybe we'll do another. Oh, yeah, big snowfall. Big snowfall. Uh, three, three to 14 inches predicted. I'm like. What? 14 inches. Some guy came on when I was 
listening to four teenagers beat. Well, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. I was listening to the zone, (laughs) the zone on the ride home or something, and they had some weather. Like, leave it to sports radio in Tennessee to have on. Like, there's not even a Titans playoff game, but they had on a legit meteorologist that was talking about the future weather patterns for the rest of the weekend on a sports talk radio show. Sure, people were very interested. Oh, they were. They were going straight to the Kroger's and the Publix's and clearing the shelves. Unaccept, like we just went through. You would think people made it through a couple days. They would have seen, like, hey, <laughs> maybe you <laughs> maybe you threw out forty dollars worth of produce and expired. expired <laughs> you would think they would have realized. Dairy. Nope, they never do. They <laughs> never do. So, anyways, well, that's the Village Idiots. We'll be back next week. Y'all keep it real this weekend. That's right. Keep the sledding <laughs> injuries to a minimum. Yeah, yeah. Don't overflow the emergency rooms. <laughs> See ya. Later.